0: but I'm just my best. What are we looking at?
1: Oh hey, my yo. god! Hey, yo! Chill out! Chill out! They even made the music sound like Indiana Jones! Chill out. I'm getting WandaVision feels right now. Get out of town. That's Crawley! We're, we're doing the Jeff LeBlanc. Lemo- and there okay. is
0: no B-22 in bing- Bingo. It goes to 15. Wait a minute, is that. <gasps> it's just
1: like. Ah! It's, it's like everybody knows? <laughs> Donna! What is happening? Why She's is. She's got this... the scarab. She literally has a blue scarab. Is everything no. in this show Why? Why? What is reality? Cupcakes! What is reality? Romans,
0: cupcakes! Oh my god! What is happening? This show's nuts! What? I love it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't even believe that they're together Ooh, right now. Ooh, there's another one. Oh, is, it is it Jake? Hello, no, no, but that Jake. one, leave that one close. <laughs> don't... Is that... You don't Oh. Is that the, cra- okay. like the, like the okay, murdery? I don't know. The murdery? Uh,
0: I, it's gotta actor? be, right? Who else, who else could it be?
1: Yo, you guys to chill out. Chill, out. oh, chill out. Oh, shit! Ah, uh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: my god.
1: That is the appropriate
0: What? Way. The fish! What?
1: Nah. Whoa. What is happening, oh, bro? Oh,
0: Tower Red. Nice to meet you. Damn. My god. Holy.
1: What an ending. My I, god My indeed. mind is blown. I... Jesus Christ, I can't even believe this, man. <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know, my brain, I can't process it. I don't know what's happening. So much
0: to talk about. <laughs> what so much clicker. to discuss. <laughs> Welcome back to New Rockstars. The tomb has been busted on busted. midnight. And bust and makes me feel good. <laughs> my God, Stephen's discovery of the long lost tomb of Alexander the Great? might have been a plausibility step too far. And then a gunshot from Arthur Harrow sends Mark into a mysterious, sunken place mental hospital Mm. that now has us questioning everything we have seen on this series. Was this whole show all in Mark's mind? Or is this hospital yet another delusion designed to make Mark
1: think he is delusional? God, God damn it! It. So many questions.
0: Ah, uh, but my favorite kind of questions. Right. This is Inside Marvel. <laughs> it's our weekly reaction show to Marvel's Moon Knight. I'm Eric Voss. My Easter egg breakdown is going to be on the channel later today. But right now, I am reacting to this episode with MT. MT,
1: thoughts? Bro, I did not think I was going to see any type of Hungry Hungry Hippo at any point during this episode. <laughs> Holy moly! like what is happening? Obviously like we're, we're getting some type of like Jeff Lemire uh, vibes from this because like this is uh-huh. very much in Kid To His Run, but like what is reality anymore? What is it? I don't right. know! What uh- was it ever? What was reality <laughs> ever on the
0: show? I mean, it this wasn't was great! things from the beginning. <laughs> We've had people uh like making fun of us and dragging us in week one when we're like, no, trust us, there's like weird stuff going on in this reality. So there's a bit of like vindication right now to oh, see yes. the show acknowledge <laughs> the fact that like the reality we've been seeing might be surreal in some ways, mm. but I-, I don't think they're doing that classic thing of like it was all a dream. No, I think this was mm. this mental hospital is equally bizarre and has uh, all kinds of um, uh, legitimacy issues in its own yeah. right. So, but I mean, this is how it feels to read the greatest Moon Knight comic runs. Is you, you never know yes. what is real or not. How it's much of proper this proper Moon Knight that is
1: that like condition. that is one hundred percent Moon Knight right there. It's like what is going on? Like you cannot trust. What you're seeing at all at any point, point.
0: and I, I love this twist so much. If anything, I would have loved to have gotten this twist a little bit sooner in the Moon Knight mm. series, um, yeah. just because I think like the waiter you or the the waiter you late you know, <laughs> say, the later you wait to uh, to pull the rug out from beneath our feet. I think the fact that Moon Knight as a series, us going into it knew mm. that we're going to be like looking at an unreliable narrator, right. I, 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 I think that maybe you could end episode one or episode two on, on this. And then you could have dealt with the ramifications after that and just mm. lived in that, in that fun space. Of yes. I would have, yes. Uh, I would have rather gotten here like,
1: way sooner. In my opinion. Yeah, we
0: we've gotten used to this this world of uh Indiana Jones adventuring uh throughout these first four episodes. Right. So now that we've gotten kind of used to that, to to pull that on us, uh look, I think every great series needs to have a great twist like that. And I and I especially love uh, when that twist is like a descent into the unknown, into the depths of hell, we <laughs> might be able to call this, or the underworld. Yes. Um but like uh I think you could still have those beats while just kind of revealing Mark as an unreliable narrator a bit sooner. I think great twists, uh, like come at the end of a series you've already been enjoying. Like every show you should watch, you should be enjoying the ride as you've gone and you shouldn't be feeling like, what is this? I'm frustrated, I'm confused. And then the twist is like, see, that's why you were frustrated and confused. No, a great twist should make you love something even more. Something that you already love, you should love it even more. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but i it sounds like I'm hating on the show right now. No, no, I, no, no, I, no, not I'm at really all. Great, I really very much enjoy this twist. There were some moments in this episode where I was like, mm, I don't know if that uh, really makes sense to me right now. I, mm. I don't know if I'm enjoying what I'm watching right now. Um, but walking out of this episode, it all... It gels together in this beautiful way here in the mental hospital. And I, and I love this so, so much yes. that they did this. And I think it's such a bold, cool move that they did this. And
1: I feel like it allows like uh, the other actors to like explore like different types of... Yeah. Like, different sides of their roles, rather. And like, just... Because you know, yes. we see Layla completely acting not like Layla at all. I'm like, ooh, I'm, not, I'm interested to see how this actress like, portrays this side of Layla now. Or this, like you know, in this Absolutely. weird reality.
0: And it makes the whole cast as an ensemble have to do the work. They right. all have to do the research to understand uh, what it is like to uh, go through uh, like a debilitating mental disorder. Right. You're, you're, you just have to explore what it means physically. And, uh, I mean, obviously, Bobby and Billy, they, they work as orderlies here. Interestingly... Harrow is basically still Harrow. You know? mm-hmm. He's still playing his games. But there are some slight variations that Ethan Hawke is playing there. Um, when the whole cast came out on the red carpet and stood there together, I'm like, it's interesting that even the B players, like Bib- Billy and Bobby, are also standing up there with Oscar Isaac right. and Ethan Hawke. But now it makes sense. Now they're very much part of this. And oh, I, yeah. I just love this. I love that choice so much. Yes. Let's recap what happens in this episode. So episode four of Moon Knight actually from the get-go, cranks up the Indiana Jones theatrics, really what I would say to Crystal Skull levels of madness. <laughs> oh, no. It's, at times, a bit hard to watch what is I happening. Mean, I, I really I enjoyed it, design. personally.
1: Like, in terms of, like, the okay. suspense. Like, I, in, in terms of, like, that the creepy, like, stalking and all that stuff, we really don't really get that in, like, Marvel movies. So, like, I was enjoying, like, wow, this is a MCU film? I think this is really interesting. Okay. But, like, I, I, I hey, totally not hey,
0: hey, if you... If it worked for you, yeah. if it works for anybody watching this, great. Awesome. Awesome. I think it's it's super there are some really fun aspects to it. Um it just totally seemed a little mismatched for me in some mm. moments and it just okay. lost me in some moments. And, but in fairness, by the end of the episode, it made perfect sense why they were doing this and mm. and I and I think it was all by design uh to give credit to this show. Um but this episode begins with like Layla managing to save her and Steven's unconscious body from an armed truck of Harrow's men. Yeah. Just pulling that old flare <laughs> in the open box of loose ammo <laughs> trick killing all of them but somehow managing to avoid all that shrapnel hitting her yeah. or hitting steven nice
1: nice okay that, that was the moving. only part of the episode where i was like nah she would she would have taken at least all one the, bullet like she would have got at least a little bit of empty
0: there are some other crazy things that happened this episode i think it's okay i think it's fine that those things happen uh especially knowing the reveal we're getting to yeah. um but uh so Layla and steven are able to track down hero's camp and it's empty uh, they overlook the bloody mummification tools that are just scattered about there. Mm. Uh, they share this awkward kiss before they <laughs> descend into the tomb where uh, Ahmets Ushapti is buried with some mystery pharaoh who is Ooh. Ahmet's final avatar. Now, a lot of this, I, I loved how nerdy Stephen was and also how nerdy uh, Layla was. There was an interesting moment where she's like, this place must have cost a fortune. Like, you can see the fortune and glory kind of glimmering in her eyes and Stephen's like, uh-huh, but yeah, so all, uh, it also needs to be in a museum. You know, <laughs> just kind of this interesting connection between the of them very sweet uh very genuine um uh, that what did you think of the kiss what was your take on the kisses
1: <laughs> i mean hey um it's it was a very uh awkward kiss but Stephen grant is an awkward guy so you know i yeah. just i thought it was perfect for steven
0: <laughs> i just <laughs> love that. at first like layla was totally into it uh mm-hmm. like she was ready to make the move steven's like no no i can't and then and then they kiss later and she's like mm. <laughs> when you make the move it's not as good but you know my uh, favorite
1: part of the kiss was after the kiss when Mark was like so you kissed her huh uh gonna have to fight you <laughs> with uh violence <laughs> sorry that's my wife uh-huh
0: you chose violence <laughs> so down in this tomb they realized this one chamber is in the shape of the eye of horus and they mm. they described it as a maze and then he like drew it on this really cool texture that reflected it to the ceiling but i guess my question was like is this a maze it kind of just looks like you drew the shape of an eye of horus like a crop circle but i don't understand how that was a maze like how that was like a six way path. Like there's some points in the maze where it splits off into three or four different vectors. I just didn't understand how this shape was exactly a maze and where in those lines of the eye of Horus they actually were. I needed mm. the kind of legend of the map. Like you are here in the eye of Horus. You just kind of drew the shape of the eye of Horus. And I don't understand how looking around the surfaces of that room, they were like, oh yes, the eye of Horus. Like you would need to be able to like go down each path and then like chart that out based off right. of your steps. And they didn't do that. They just kind of walked around the inner chamber of this room anyway anyway, that's just my little gripe (laughs) of that moment like I don't understand how they derived the eye of Horus from where they were standing Mm. I'm sure some of you in the comments will be like well clearly they did this I'm like I'm just telling you I've I've watched this episode or this particular scene several times and I don't understand how they derived it (laughs) but anyway um, they then find this uh, mummification room Mm. with fresh blood on the slab which is an interesting moment of dread There, like the
1: blood should be dried at this point (laughs) someone's out here (laughs) killing
0: actively killing uh and then uh we find out there's this this creepy ghoul of a zombie priest yeah. an undead priest who is uh buried with the the pharaoh who's alive once more and is now uh killing off harrow's men just in the background in the distance here's some gunfire and then he drags the guy in there and just starts extracting his organs as one does just casually uh,
1: you don't need those um, this
0: is the moment where like I mean, if, if you if you were genuinely creeped out by all of this uh, this stuff of this guy like chasing them around, uh, cool, great, awesome, it worked for you. For me, it lost me a little bit, just a little bit. Mm. It just seemed like a little tonally just a bit too goofy for me. Mm. The clicking, it just felt like you know after school episode of Goosebumps as opposed to like true creepy horror. I think the character design was just a little too silly for me. I think the clicking was just a little too silly. It just didn't work. It didn't work for me.
1: I feel I feel like maybe because this is Disney Plus and like because we know that like Disney Plus is like you know having like these weird like sensory type stuff with their Marvel shows. I think they they don't want to cross a line and make it too creepy for the kids, Um, which is but I don't get it. Like
0: we saw so much blood, all the people that he killed in that town square in Germany Hmm. in episode one. That was way darker.
1: Like you can't (laughs) just commit
0: to that level. Of creep- like, even when Wanda walks in to Agatha's basement, episode 7 of WandaVision, there was some sure. genuinely scary uh imagery there. Right. Where you're just kind of creepily walking in. It's silent. And you don't really know what you're looking at. You just see piece by piece. Like, I didn't get that here. Mm-hmm. It, I, there weren't really any jump scares here. It just seemed kind of like just seemed a bit silly. I, I don't know. See, like
1: You, you would know be better me, than me, because like me. I, I I avoid scary content, so like you probably watch a lot more scary stuff than me, so you would probably know, honestly. Like,
0: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I might just be being a bit too critical of it. Uh, and again, I, I'm fully aware that I think this was meant to be a VHS direct-to-video release kind of thing, mm. and we're meant to kind of see this as a bit, like, artificial. And I I think that was by design. I just think, like, again, when you're doing great mystery filmmaking and and television production, like, you're still meant to enjoy the ride while you're on it. You're not meant to see the strings as you've seen it. And then later, they tell you that the facade you saw was actually this. And then you're like, oh, I love it even more now. It's not meant to be like, I don't get it, I don't get it, I don't get it. Oh, that's why I didn't get it. Like, then it's like, "Mm, it's it's less of a catharsis. Anyway, Mm. um... But, if it worked for you, great. I, I understand I'm being pretty critical here. Um, but there's, like, a, there's a, I, trust me, there's an intent behind the criticism because I think it makes me appreciate the final scene of this episode even even more.
1: Yeah. And, like, I don't think you're being overcritical. Like, this is a reaction episode, so, like, you're just reacting to what we saw, man. Yeah, it's totally I'm just,
0: fine. I'm, I'm telling you. I Trust me. I overall love this series, and I yeah. love the way this episode ended. Um, but uh, Layla manages to defeat the zombie priest. Again, she uses her go-to weapon of a flare to do it. Which, I don't know. <laughs> maybe old you can trusty into, flare. Like, she, she uses light. <laughs> To destroy the darkness, however, you want to. I hope she becomes the flare it. up,
1: the flare scarum.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so in this moment, Harrow tells uh, Layla that Mark was there for the killing of her father. Ooh. I guess he saw this when he scanned Stephen's clue. Meanwhile, Stephen finds the freaking sarcophagus of Alexander the Great. He, he just wanted to work the at the great.
1: museum, and now he's inside the tube of Alexander the Great. He moved on up. Dreams. Now this is crazy
0: that the <laughs> Alexander the Great's tomb shows up here. Um, but again, this might all be fictitious. I understand that. Uh, but I, I I do love when the MCU intersects with history and yes. uses uh, the MCU to explain long lost histories, mysteries. But you know, there's like History Channel. People are watching this
1: like, what? No, no.
0: But
1: it, <laughs> what do you it, mean? The history Channel is always airing alien content now. This is right. right after yeah, Ili. you're right. You're right.
0: You're right. <laughs> exactly. That's a very good point, MT. Well, but there it does present all these fascinating questions about uh, could alexander the great have conquered all the lands that he conquered because he had Ahmet's backup? Mm. is that what was really going on there uh we'll talk about that a bit more later but uh Ale- inside of alexander's gullet he finds amidst who mm. and then layla confronts him about her father mark confesses that he was there for it but it wasn't him who did it it was his greedy partner who uh who, who killed all those archaeologists my- he ended up getting shot Uh, And that led to what, you know, how Mark needed to go to the statue and got possessed by Khonshu. Something we'll probably see either next episode or episode six. Um, But this ends with Harrow shooting Mark. And then Mark falls backward into a pool of water. But then Mark descends deeper and deeper into that
1: pool. until He drops like, uh, what's it called? What was that horror movie? Uh, Jordan Peele's movie. Get Out get out yeah Yeah, it's like get out sunken place
0: same kind of imagery yeah absolutely um and then we find ourselves watching this knockoff indiana jones direct-to-video release called tomb buster uh (laughs) starring this archaeologist hero the character named dr stephen grant and this plays in a mental hospital tv screen that is filled with everybody we've seen on the show we see crawley in Mm. there i think that was dylan sitting there bobby and billy uh donna and the forger and layla and mark this place, all seen by Harrow, now I guess the uh, head psychoanalyst of this place. Mm. Uh, all the props and set decorations we see are all analogs of things we've seen in past episodes. We saw the cupcake cart, the Rubik's Cube, uh, right. a plush scarab, a drawing of a hummingbird with Conchu's head on it, a goldfish on a stack of books, postcards, a Moon Knight action figure. So uh, Mark, who is heavily medicated, is uh, brought before Harrow. And Harrow talks cryptically about us living not in a material world, but a psychic world Mm. uh, and suggests that Mark might have invented his uh, other reality while watching this Tomb Buster movie. Harrow's office itself is designed like a a wild museum filled with Egyptian artifacts, a painting of the Alps setting from episode one. This does not look like a normal uh, head office of a museum psychoanalyst. (laughs) What are you talking Um, about? It looks totally (laughs) fine. Yeah, this is how it looks, I'm sure. Um, A lot of sharp objects just laying around (laughs) to be grabbed. Yeah but again by design <laughs> by design uh mark escapes the mental hospital itself just begins to sway mm. right and i love the lamps just swaying like scales of justice mark finds a room with a sarcophagus containing steven mm. these two hug so uh, cool you know, finally, i love that moment they get to hug and I love that they hug. It's supposed to fight, you know. That's it's great.
1: It's like, oh, <laughs> you kissed my wife. Ah, oh, it doesn't matter. Let me hug you. That's that's the good friendship. That's brotherhood.
0: And then, uh, so they they creep down the hallway. Mark sees another sarcophagus rattling in another room. They don't look mm. into it, uh, but it's probably gonna be Jake. We'll see. Then the doors swing open, and we meet Toweret. Yes, this is the hippopotamus goddess of fertility in Greek mythology, and she greets them just going, "Hi," which is terrifying. <laughs> She's really nervous too. And then Mark and Steven scream. And I love that they are most scared by the sweetest <laughs> goddess pre- uh, presented on this show. Khonshu, yeah, Khonshu made uh, Steven scream, but Mark doesn't seem too afraid Mark's of Mark's like, ah, Conchu, it's
1: Bird it, skeleton, you see it sometimes. It happens. Hippopotamus? <laughs> no. Yo, uh, to be fair, hippos are vicious vicious They are creatures. vicious. They will kill you. <laughs> they will vicious, kill you.
0: Uh, hippos are incredibly dangerous, yes. Mm-hmm. But in this moment, she's so sweet. She's, she's got very nice. Fingers. This is obviously one of the biggest what the fish moments in the MCU ever. It very much reminds us of the post-credits scene to Loki episode 4 when Loki wakes up in the void to meet Gator Loki. You know, we just there's a bit of a formula they're following here. So, MT and I are going to do our best to explain what is going on in this ending, where Mark and Steven are, who the hippo lady is, how much of this episode, how much of this series is objectively real. Mm. Uh, but before we get to that, we we are selling out pretty fast of yes. our uh, latest obsession Thank you shirt so inspired much. by Moon Knight. Thank you so much for all your support. This is Tomb of the Moon God. We've had a latest obsession shirt for each Disney Plus, Marvel, and Star Wars series, and some folks are collecting them all. And yes. I think that's so amazing that you're doing that. When you buy one of these shirts at NewRockStarsMerch.com, you'll also unlock the ability to buy a custom shout out that will run during our Inside Marvel after shows like this one. Justin says Osiris is colluding with Harrow. He is a god of death. Amit, his tool. It's why he ends the trial so fast, Justin. You might be onto something. I, I honestly feel like that members could be are. I f- yeah, they are definitely pro Amit in ways mm. that they should not be pro Amit. So I, I feel like Set. Right. I think they- I feel
1: like the God Set is is doing something because where is Set? Oh, we have not the seen God of Seth, Chaos. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good point. Good mm. point, MT. Yeah, I think these. uh I think Amit might actually... I think the Ennead has a mm. secret. These five... There's only five of them right mm-hmm. now. What did they do the other four? Why did they promote Hathor to it? Include Horace? Seriously? And normally Horace isn't on it. So, like, yeah, there's a lot of vacancies. And I think it's just, like, what if the Supreme Court basically, like, banished four of its members and then brought in uh, a, four, a couple more to fill in the gaps? Actually, they banished, like, six of these members and then brought in two others. So, like, there was a majority that was overruled by mm. three of them. And then yeah, so I think yeah, for sure. Um, Joseph asked, "Which identity would you choose if you had the choice of one?" Steve. Um,
1: well, I think Stephen. I would pick Steven. No, I would choose Mark because, like, just okay. OG Mark because, like, I just feel like Stephen is too goofy, too goofy, um, and yeah, I don't know. Like, he's nice, but like that dude, he just he has no game at all. But then again, that's me. <laughs> Steve is I just think
0: he me. Has some <laughs> he has a bit of accidental game with with Layla, you know. I this think, is uh, true. I think Mark's just kind of a, a jerk. I think Layla. Yeah, Steve Mark is just a like big a nerd, bumbling jerk. around a museum. That's that's a life I want to live. And then uh, Stephen Fay said, "Eric and M T, when you go to sleep at night, do your other identity scour shows for clues. You're amazing. Well, thank you, Stephen. Very nice yes. of you to say. I don't know about you, M T, but I have started to have a lot of stress work dreams." Like, uh, like waking up in the middle, uh, like, in my dream, I'm waking up to think that there's, like, a trailer that drops. <laughs> uh, and, and honestly, when the Thor Love and Thunder trailer dropped, my mind woke me up. I, I checked my clock, and I just didn't happen to open, like, YouTube and Twitter. Uh-huh. I, but I looked at my clock and went back to bed for, like, a half hour. The second I woke up, no alarm woke me up. I woke up the second, or at least the minute, that the Thor Love and Thunder trailer dropped. See, you know
1: what? Um, I don't, I don't mean to sound spiritual, but I think that was the god, Thor, speaking to you. To wake up. He said, wake yes. up,
0: wake yeah. up, Eric, wake up.
1: <laughs> it's <Yeah>. here.
0: <laughs> and, and instead, I just looked at my phone. And I saw it was like uh, 730 because I had already woken up at like 630 thinking that like, oh, the trailer will drop East Coast time if it does drop today. Uh, and then I went back to bed. But for whatever reason, I just checked 730 and I'm like, oh, I'll check again at eight when I my alarm goes off. And I did check it at 8 when my alarm went off, and I saw that. It was like a ton of notifications, like, oh, crap, i got to jump to work. Uh, But it's just so weird how,
1: like, there is some kind of
0: internal, there's a spidey sense. Yeah, if we push you out Um, of your body,
1: Dr. Strange style, we're going to see some squigglies. (laughs) (laughs) All
0: right, what's our question for this episode, MT? All
1: right, homie, what the fish just happened in the ending of Moon Knight episode four? Because why do we have hippopotamus ladies in a hospital? That's
0: weird. Right. And and what is this hospital for sure? Yes. Well, from the get-go, we gotta say, this series is both calling into question Mark and Steven's whole experience as a possible delusion as uh, as you know the Moon Knight comics do, especially the more recent runs by writers like Jeff Lemire. But this episode is not firmly stating that everything we have seen is in Mark and Steven's mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, this may be similar to twists in Fight Club or at the end of uh, The Wizard of Oz, right? But uh, apologies to Biggie. This was not all a dream as uh, <laughs> at least that's I not didn't what see one saying, word yeah. up magazine anywhere <laughs> I scoured it <laughs> Um, as silly as things have been or have gotten in the normal world of Moon Knight, things down here in the mental hospital are even more surreal. Mm. Like, if this show wanted to do one of those classic twists of it was all a dream, the mental hospital would just be a bare, sanitized, completely plain clinical right. setting. Instead, this mental hospital is unlike any mental hospital that exists in real life. We got cupcake carts, we got bingo with uh, nonsensical numbers, you would never have B22 <laughs> in bingo, it only goes 1 to 15 for B. Uh, Harrow's Bizarre Museum Office, we got got sarcophagi we got hippo goddesses this this place is obviously designed to be a nightmare this is gothica folks um (laughs) i can't believe i referenced gothica um halle berry is like just woke up somewhere and be like "Mm, my ears are burning
1: but we should be mentioning gattica rather than gothica because of Uh, I think
0: so. (laughs) Um, I think in both realities, both inside of the hospital at the end of the episode and everything pre-hospital are equally surreal. Mm. The scales of Ahmed's justice have just balanced out perfectly. Uh, And I think both of these should be equally questioned. They are equally dubious realities. Mm. So it was not all fake. It was not all a dream. Everything is important. Everything is actually happening to these characters. Yes. Um, and so let's talk about uh, the hippo lady. The final image we meet, Toweret. Yes. Uh, this is the Egyptian goddess of fertility. So, uh, yes, and she takes the form of a hippopotamus. Normally it's a head of a hippopotamus and got some some lady, some lady jugs. But they, got, <laughs> they ain't showing that on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> she, they covered her up. Smart move. Smart move um, But uh, Is Terirette, uh Tereret Why would she Be so important To Mark and Stephen As a goddess of fertility Fertility mm. issues Are not thematically What Mark and Stephen Are about Well If you go back To the opening image Of the episode Very very important Because we see Osiris's avatar Placing Khonsu Ushapti Among several Other Ushapti right. And you, these might Look familiar to you Because we have seen All these other Ushaptis In the closing credits Of every episode mm. And one of them and the closing credits on Brad Winterbaum's uh, uh, title slide is clearly Toweret. Mm. So that tells us that Toweret is one of the many deities who have been imprisoned in some stone state. And right. in episodes five and six, we're probably going to meet all the other physical forms of, like, Kanshu of Ammit. Uh, everyone else who is statuized. Mm. And the fact that we were seeing Taurat now in physical form suggests that Mark and Stephen in that third altar in the unopened sarcophagus, we're thinking, we're thinking Jake, all those guys now occupy the same realm where the other banished deities are exiled. Mm. And I believe this mental hospital is how Mark and Stephen manifest the Egyptian underworld. Mm. I think this hospital is the Duat. I Ooh. think it's the opposite of the Overvoid where the other five members of the Ennead go back to. That Tomb Busters line that Harrow quotes, spoken by the movie's villain, no tree can ascend to the light of heaven if it doesn't descend to the depths of hell. To me, that says it all. I think we are now currently in the depths of hell. And that's why we entered this hospital by showing Mark sinking into a sunken place, sinking into deep water, going deeper and deeper and deeper, even though the pool that he fell back to in that tomb was just a few inches deep. And when he descended, if you look closely, the bullet holes in his chest have vanished. So I think we are seeing his soul descending into the underworld. And uh, maybe it's just because it's Thor Love, and Thunder Week. I can't help but connect it to this tree going from heaven to hell to the depictions of Yggdrasil, the world's tree mm. of Asgardian mythology, which extends upward into the heavens, but also downwards into the underworld. Uh, the snake uh the dirt snakes surrounding the the median of that Mm. so i don't know it might just be drawing a parallel to yes the great jormungandr right i think that's a that's a great serpent Um, i don't know i I can never pronounce norse names I know, I shouldn't even try. I think it's completely valid to get metaphorical with this and then Mm. reframe Mark and Stephen's entire journey on this series as a soul passing through the field of reeds, Mm. facing judgment, and now we are at the step of the hero's journey where the hero descends into the pit of despair, into the depths of hell, and now, for the final act, must fight his way back out of hell. Imagine the story of Orpheus in, in mythology, right? Like, you have to climb your way out of hell,
1: don't turn around
0: and look at your loved one, because she'll disappear and she'll be dragged back away from
1: you. And then you, you run you run through the uh, you run through the office building while Morpheus and, and uh, not Morpheus <laughs> and then you run through the office building while Neo and Trinity are in the helicopter waiting for you to jump. And, uh, yeah, that's the story right. of Orpheus. Um, I watched that it's, one. It's pretty it, good.
0: What I mean... <laughs> You bring it up, but nt you are totally right. The third act of the Matrix, when Neo and Trinity have to go back into the Matrix to free uh, Morpheus, is the same story. It's like go you have to go into hell and fight your way back mm, out of hell. True, every classic hero's journey, like Campbellian monomyth, follows these steps. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if uh, I don't know how literal or metaphorical the series will be when it comes to what Mark will physically face. Right? Uh, is this going to be just like the metaphorical analysis we apply to this? Or is it going to be like a literal fight? Uh, is he going to have to fight his way out of uh, this underworld? Mm. Um, are we going to see him face some kind of final judgment? Um, is this like a literal, is it going to be described in the show? You have, you're literally going through this process. You've been passing mm. through the field of reeds, and we've been judging you. And when we tried to judge you in episode one, you were not ready to be judged. Um, I love looking at the show that way because it's it's very similar to what we saw in WandaVision and Loki right and mm-hmm. as we broke into the third act of WandaVision was right when Wanda went into Agatha's dungeon that right. was her pit of despair that was her hell for the purposes of Westview structure for Loki uh, the ending of episode four he went into the void and the final mm-hmm. two episodes were him going into that hell and then fighting his way back out of that hell. Right. Um, now, every episode of Loki kind of changed the game board in a certain way, but that in terms of the structure of the series, that's, that's the steps you go through. Um, so we'll see how literal this is. Yeah. But the question MT and I should really talk about first is, was this underworld intentionally designed by some external force, like Amit, mm. using it to manipulate and torture Mark with projections from his life, like Harrow and Layla? Or could it have been designed by Mark himself, or one of his alters, to help him make sense of all this... Or is it all just incidental subconscious projections from Mark and Stephen's minds, their own inner self-doubt, unconsciously manifesting in these forms, just independent from anyone's control or intent? This is just how his, like, his mind is just kind of piecing it all together, and no one's trying to torture him. Or do you think that, like, Amit in this moment is like, oh, welcome to the underworld. You're <laughs> welcome be- to
1: hell, <laughs> you killer. <laughs>
0: how do you see this empty? What What do you think?
1: I think that there be shenanigans afoot, my friend. Okay. Um, because uh just because of like the I've been googling stuff on Tawarit a lot and like Tawarit is frequently mistaken for the goddess Amet because of their just because of how physically similar that they look. Because Amet has the head of a, a crocodile, while whereas she has the head of a hippopotamus. And like they and like they also have like similar body structures with like all that stuff. And we do, and then you did mention that she was the goddess of fertility, but she's also the goddess of like protection. She was like a a protective god, if I'm not Mm -hmm. mistaken anyway. So I think that we're, we're seeing a, a, like a, a mishmash of everything that you just described there, like all those options, because I think that Tararit is, is trying to heal Mark, um, in more than one way. She's probably healing the bullet holes, but also we're, we're going into Mark's mind. Everything we're seeing, in my opinion, is cerebral and that you know Tarara is like sort of in his head and being like hey this is sort of your hospital you made this cuz like and like mm. you have to remember that Stephen Grant was looking through that pamphlet earlier in episode 1 after oh in episode 2 rather um when he got fired and like that pamphlet had all mm. that really neat um uh, imagery of a hospital like a sort of similar environment that he's currently now in so like i think mm. that he took that information and he's he made that hospital from his from his mind and sort of, like, mishmatched his own favorite hobbies, his his Egyptian love. So, like, that's why the walls are sort of, like, sort of egyptian and, and all, all that stuff. And so I think that, for some reason, Tawarit's Ushapti was carved to look like um, Amit. And that someone is playing games. Someone set is set Harrow up. Someone, like, is trying to fake Amit's death or something. And I think that Tawaret is just like, hey... Thanks for picking me up. I'm gonna heal you now. And like in the next episode is probably gonna be like, like you said, with um WandaVision. I like it how you made that WandaVision illusion because um we saw we had that episode where it was sort of like a clip episode of like the past. Um and so we're probably gonna work Mm -hmm. through Mark's like his illness and like sort of visually see how that manifests through this hospital um analogy. But that's this wild theory that I, it could be anything. I don't and know. You're what saying
0: you think? you're saying Tawaret. I, I've been saying Tawaret. Um, thank you for just giving the other alternate. In case I have I'm no, wrong. I just between MT it. and I, one of us is right, one of us is wrong, or maybe we're both wrong. But um, these are also like ancient Egyptian. Yes, things. well, he's it um, was
1: so mentioned in episode one. I I, I, um, yeah. um, Steve does say it in a very weird way when he mentioned uh, when he picks up the uh, the uh, the hippos for um, I forget her name right now uh, for his mean boss Donna Donna. Yeah. terrible donna you're so mean um uh, so he says like, he's like it's a tower it, it he says tower it, it or something like that i don't know how he says it yeah but she is mentioned in episode one
0: okay so there you go i think um uh i think you bring up some very interesting points here especially with that pamphlet mt mm. uh to my here's what i'm gonna say mm. uh i think there is an underworld in the mcu and yes. i think hell is real i think, <laughs> I think hell is real, but it's probably not going to be called hell. And Mm. I think if you have some kind of linkage with a particular deity figure, Mm. when you die, you go to this other realm. I think for Wakandan, specifically T'Challa, that realm manifested as the ancestral plane. Right. Uh, I think... Uh, for Asgardians, when they die, they go to some other similar realm, obviously Valhalla or something like that. Right. When Thanos snapped in that moment, he went inside the Soul Stone and entered this other ethereal plane. I mm. think for, if you have kind of reached this god status, you ha- you go to this other ethereal plane and that plane takes a different form uh, drawn subjectively from the enterer of that plane. In mm. this case... Because Stephen and Mark have had this connection with Khonshu, I think when they die or when they're close to dying, that brings them to this Egyptian underworld. Mm. And for Mark and for Stephen, that takes the form of a mental hospital. I don't think either of them are doing that intentionally. Mm. I just think that is subconsciously the what the walls look like in the same way that when t'challa enters enters the ancestral plane right. i don't think he is deciding to make it look like a um, a savanna with a tree with yeah because
1: killmongers was different
0: that's part of his soul that's right. part of like uh his ancestral lineage mm-hmm. and i think for steven as someone with dissociative identity disorder his soul manifests it mm. uh in this form right and when thanos as someone who's just like empty uh you know he's wiped everything away mm. for him the soul stone looks like this just that one gateway of mm-hmm. his daughter with his young daughter gamora um right. so i think that's what this is i think when you have this this godly connection and you're in the marvel cinematic universe when you're dying or close to dying or close to dead or in this gradual process of dying you enter this uh this ethereal realm and it goes by many names maybe one of those names might be the quantum realm i mean we'll maybe. see uh, and then, this is just what it looks like for each person. Uh, Mm. There's a lot of uh, theological and spiritual discussions that what is hell, you know, what will hell look like or what will the afterlife look like? Mm. And there's all these discussions and beliefs that maybe hell just looks like something different for each person. Uh, The, the French existentialist Sartre uh, had this great line from no exit, a play that he wrote um, famously, hell is other people. Um, And, your hell might might be where you live right now, but that seemed so applicable for what Mark was going through in this mental hospital that his, his hell was the other people of his life and him realizing he did not know them like he thought he did.
1: I, I read a really interesting quote that said, um, hell was actually minute 42 of Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> was that quote written down in your
0: own notebook, M.P.? <laughs>
1: It was yeah. It was, I was writing it during while I was watching Morbius. Ooh, sorry. Oh my god. Sorry, Morbius. It's fine.
0: <laughs> um, I think we've done a pretty good job giving our best analysis of, mm. of what we're seeing in these final minutes. Obviously, there's plenty of ways to interpret this. Right. I'm not going to say any one way is right or wrong. We'll find out in future episodes. But at least this is the way that gives me the most meaning for for what Steven and Mark have been going through these past four episodes and and where they will go next. Um. So we have a... a Several other questions we're going to talk about in this episode, but first we want to thank some people who helped us make this episode. Thank you to Brooklinen for sponsoring this episode. We all need sleep, and we all deserve comfortable bedding. Enter Brooklinen, one of the internet's favorite sheets. Brooklinen was created in 2014 to give customers luxury hotel-level home essentials that don't break the bank. They offer everything from snuggly sheets to cozy towels and robes, loungewear accessories, and much more. By working directly with the suppliers, Brooklinen passes savings back to their customers so you can get their incredible products at a reasonable cost. First time trying Brooklinen? Don't worry, their best-selling Luxe sheets are the perfect place to start, featuring an irresistibly soft feel and buttery smooth finish. Brooklinen launches new products, colors, and patterns all the time for their sheets, towels, and robes, with some limited edition collections selling out quick. You can also take Brooklinen's signature softness outside the home with their loungewear collection, featuring their softest tees, tanks, sweatshirts, joggers, and other essential basics. And if you need the extra nudge, check out the five-star reviews over 100,000 of them, and for a limited time, Brooklinen is offering a free gift with purchase. If you miss out, you can use the promo code Inside Marvel anytime for $20 off your purchase of $100 or more at Brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, and enter the promo code Inside Marvel for $20 off your first purchase today. Brooklinen, the curators of comfort we also want to thank helix sleep for sponsoring this episode even if you have magical armor that appears out of nowhere to help you fight crime you still need a good night's sleep on a mattress made just for you our friends at helix mattress are here to make sure you have that helix sleep is a quiz that matches your body type and your sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you they have soft medium and firm mattresses mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot even a helix plus mattress for plus size sleepers i have a helix mattress and i love it mt's mattress you love your mattress yes
1: so much like i I honestly genuinely do, guys. I, like, it's literally, I've never had better sleep in my life, or, or at least as an adult. Like, it's so good. Please look into it.
0: Um, the mattress ships right to your door for free. No need to go to a mattress store. Just go to slash inside marvel. Take their two minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10 year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you, you're going to love it. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at slash inside marvel. And we want to thank Storyworth for sponsoring this episode. Ever flip through your mom's high school yearbook or your grandma's old photo album and realize that they're just huge portions of their life that you don't know anything about? That's what happened to our- Researcher Anna recently, and that's why she got her mom Storyworth. Storyworth is an online service that helps you and your loved ones connect through sharing stories and memories and preserves them for years to come. Every week, Storyworth emails your mom a thought provoking question of your choice from a vast pool of possible options. Each unique prompt asks questions you've never thought of, like, What's some of the best advice your mother gave you? or if you were to do it all over. What would you do differently? It's just a really cool process for your mom or your grandmother to reflect back on their lives and share their stories. And it's just cool for you and your family to learn more about them. After one year, StoryWorth compiles all of those questions and stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book the whole family can share for generations. Give all the moms in your life a meaningful gift you'll both cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, for a limited time, you'll save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash marvel. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash marvel to save $10 on your first purchase, storyworth.com slash marvel. All right, MT, I want to ask you, could anyone else other than Jake be in that other sarcophagus?
1: Mmm, I think it was Jake from State Farm. Just kidding, no. Um, Maybe, I think that it's just highly likely Jake because we haven't seen Jake yet and Jake is a huge part of the... You know, one of a huge altar of, in uh, Mark Spector's life. So it's it's got to be Jake. There's a, it's a huge implication that it's Jake.
0: Um, I know. I think you're right. I think it's most like like almost ninety percent Jake. But I'm just like pl- gonna uh, think of the outs right now. Mm. Uh, I I wonder if like this show might really go oh uh, take a huge leap of faith and suggest that maybe Layla could be one of Mark's altars. Uh, I think that's a wild theory, but it would be just nuts to have someone who is not jake not another oscar isaac pop out of that uh sarcophagus that would be um crazy. i wonder if that could be where amit is kept right now like amit oh. is buried somewhere down there or Konshu is gonna break out of there
1: that is um, a really just... interesting idea and obviously like you know this is just a fictional take on what did is like we're not saying that this is like did makes you the like right. the avatar vomit this is just obviously like a fictional take on that just so people know because right. i know some people be yes. like oh no Oh, uh, they're they don't understand what DID is. We're we're just we're talking fiction. Right, right. Yes,
0: I, I understand that. I'm <laughs> yeah. just saying, like, the show has obviously stretched exactly right. what DID is exactly. You know, <laughs> of, Mark is now a delusional person. People suffering from DID are not necessarily delusional, but the show is obviously saying that this character is delusional and is right. suffering from certain kind of delusions. Right. At least in this episode, right. um, I think it'd be interesting, a uh, pretty uh, wild, if like. Doctor Strange popped out of that sarcophagus, I mean, If he's just like, "Hey, I'm not one of your altars, but I am in here right now. And I just <laughs> say, and I'm just to say,
1: I'm trying to save you." <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, there's all kinds of fun uh, cameos that could pop out of that sarcophagus, so I'm just, mm. I'm just keeping my options open for now. Um, okay, big detail, major detail: Layla on that bandage on her finger, a red scarab. There's Ooh. been a lot of speculation that her name Abdallah El faouli could be like Abdul. Uh, El, well, you know the the Scarlet Scarab from the early early Invaders comics with like Union Jack and Cap and Bucky, mm. uh, a-, a protector of Egypt who's presented as a villain in that series but in our historical looking back, was just protecting his homelands and had every right to protect his uh, homelands from a group called the Invaders. Exactly. So could Layla become the MCU's Scarlet Scarab? Is that what this is?
1: I would really hope so. I think it'd be really cool to see Layla, you know, just become a, like a really kick-ass character in the MCU. Though I I have this weird feeling that Layla might be connected to the goddess Neftis. This is just my weird theory Mm. um, because I, I have a feeling that Khonshu misses someone and you know we know that the moon he's the god of the moon and the moon is always around at night and neftis is the goddess of night Mm -hmm. and so i have this Mm -hmm. weird feeling that Layla might be linked to her but you know the scarlet we do have that scarlet scarab and like that is too much of a coincidence and like given like what people it's not even right that
0: is straight up scarlet that is straight up Scarlet. scarlet that is a
1: scarlet scarab so i would hope that this isn't just marvel just playing with us like they play with us with those little uh mephisto teases in, uh, in, in No Way Home. I think I hope that's not a misdirect and it's actually, we're going to see Layla kick some ass.
0: Okay, another question I had. Alexander the Great. Now, this mm. may be uh, just part of this uh, fictitious reality, right? But if they establish that this is, like, real, that much is real, mm. could Alexander the Great, or is the show saying that Alexander the Great was so great because he had Amit's help? What do you think, M.T.?
1: I think that's the implication. I think that, you know, yeah. he's this huge historical figure, and he was great. He was, like, one of the greatest uh, like conquerors of all time. And so, like, you know, it, he, and he did all of that before he was, like, 30. So, like, he... It, yeah, that's what made him
0: such a prodigy, is that he accomplished mm-hmm. so much when he was so young.
1: At a young age. So, I think that the yeah. MCU is implying that, like, yeah, it's kind of... It's highly unlikely for someone to do that without some type of help. So, I think that, yeah, I'm it. Was uh, his or whoever he had a godly assistance?
0: Yeah, I think hundred percent. I think that's the idea. I I would love to see uh, just a breakdown of everything Alexander the Great uh, accomplished mm-hmm. at his young age, uh, and just say like Ahmed helped out with this. Ahmed helped hey, out. Hey, uh,
1: great news for you, because uh, me and Brandon we, we we thinking about talking about that very soon, my friend.
0: Oh. <laughs> We're a upcoming <laughs> big question, maybe. Yes. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> to all difference. right, as we look ahead to next episode MT, mm. Mark and Steven and perhaps Jake are in this mental hospital. Mm. I assume they're gonna be fighting their way out of it. Yes. How do they get out? And can they escape this hospital?
1: Um very simple solution. Um I hear you, all you have to say is blue skadoo, we can too, and uh <laughs> they're out um instantaneously. Uh, <laughs> I wish. Um uh, but no, I I think that um it just just um just judging by like this themes uh, that I'm seeing in the show especially with the goldfish I think that there's a theme of like repairing yourself and like trying to accept yourself and, and become whole and like we at the beginning we see that this goldfish has one fin and like at the beginning we know that Mark Spector and Steve have a fragmented relationship and then like we see the 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 goldfish mysteriously get another fin back and like in obviously it's because it's a new goldfish but like I think it's symbolically to represent like Mark accepting the different parts of his himself, like Steve and possibly Jake Lockley. And so like once he accepts that and like Tawarit, the goddess of healing, allows him to heal himself mentally and symbolically that way, then he'll probably just be like, all right, now I'm fully myself and it's time to do real moonlighting as a, you know, my full accepted self. Um, Depending if Jake Lockley is uh, able to be accepted right away because that dude seems kind of uh, ready to, too ready to roll, too ready to kill. Uh, But what do you think?
0: Um, I think it's going to be like if you consider the conflict of this uh, season has been Mark versus Steven, right? Right. uh, Mark with his other alters. Right. Like, I wonder if like there could be a total of six alters. You know, there was like six six, is the big
1: number in the MCU.
0: It's a big number, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, six lines for the Eye of Horus, six priests that were buried in the Pharaoh's uh, tomb with him, Mm. six members of the OG Avengers, six Infinity Stones, six Mm. sides to a hexagon in the hex. So I I think what we're going to see are the three uh, uh, forms of the altars. You have Mark, you have Steven, and you have Jake, and then whatever their powered up version is. You have the Moon Knight Ceremonial armor, you have the Mr. Knight armor, and then you have whatever Jake armors up into in that these six... We'll all have to work together the way the Avengers work together mm. uh, and the way the Infinity Stones have to be aligned right. uh, to fight their way out. And they're each going to have different skill sets, uh, different powers that all get uh, that all complement each other and work together in specific ways. And that's going to be the way the conflict is resolved in this uh, series is that Mark is still going to have dissociative identity disorder, mm. but he's going to reach a certain balance with it where they can agree who who takes the wheel at any given moment. Right. Um, So that that way he can kind of uh, use his different alters to his advantage. Now, will that be problematic in some ways? Maybe, that might be problematic. But this is just Steven's story. This is Mark's story at the end of the day. Uh, I don't think they're saying this is meant to be a poster representation of everyone who has DID. Uh, Because obviously Um, everyone who has DID is not also possessed by an Egyptian deity.
1: Yeah, obviously. (laughs) It's very rare for that to happen. Uh, But no, I really like how you brought that up. Because it reminds me of that Teen Titans episode with Raven. And, like, she had to, like, embrace the different parts of her personality. And she was, like, wearing different colors to represent the different parts of her personality. I just Mm, think mm -hmm, it's really mm -hmm. fun and cool that they're doing that. I hope that happens, like, in that example. Yeah, and
0: I guess we'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm I'm not saying they have to do it this way or this is the only cool way to do it. I just, Mm. uh, that seems to be one way the show could go. Uh, And I think, like, uh, meanwhile, not in this underworld. I I think it's going to require Layla to find Conchu's ushapti and smash mm. it or whatever it is i don't know if it's just a matter of smashing or seeing some other kind of incantation reading some passage from the book of the dead translating the scarab and, and reading some other passage on it um there's all kinds of like w- things that she can say or do to to free the spirit or maybe she just really threatens the five inniad members she's like i'm gonna expose your internet search history
1: <laughs> <laughs> i got your text messages don't yeah. mess with me i'll read every
0: receipt." <laughs> <laughs> everywhere see
1: well uh the
0: breakdown is coming folks it's coming Woo-dee-woo. later today so keep an eye out for that but that's where we'll leave things this episode of inside marvel i cannot mm. see i cannot wait to see what comes next so yes. don't forget to check out our great merch options at newrockstarsmerch.com uh follow me at ea voss follow mt at mastertainment subscribe to inside marvel wherever you get your podcasts Thanks you for watching latest gators. latest gators
1: love you guys